Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. Since I canceled Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Oh, well, I mean. I mean, like, yeah. honestly, during, after <laughs> Katrina, <laughs> Katrina hit in September. They still had Mardi Gras in February. They didn't, it didn't matter that Tulane Hospital wasn't up and running. <laughs> but by golly, they had some Mardi Gras. <laughs> That's the important thing. <laughs> Are they having Mardi Gras in ice right now? I don't know. I haven't looked at cold. Louisiana to see but i know texas is under a bunch of it <laughs> so yes i saw so you said i didn't realize that they had uh all of their new energies were breaking down during the snowstorm like and now they're grid yeah i don't know the whole story uh, just bits and pieces of what i've read is a uh, texas is on their own um electrical grid okay and it's mostly fueled by wind energy solar energy and those things are not working right now so texas the for the most of it is out of power wow and uh i don't know if you've seen some of the stuff on there but some of these people's tiktoks are crazy like they'll walk in and their complete kitchen is under ice yikes yeah the floor one like, of the how wet was it what, I don't what know. were they doing in their damn Maybe kitchen their pipes busted oh probably yeah Probably. That's probably what happened. This is exactly. the time of the year for that to happen. This is what keeps mm-hmm. my husband in business. <laughs> yeah, because they forget. They don't know. I mean, my friends that are in Mississippi actually messaged, hey, is it a drip? Do you turn all the faucets on? You know, they didn't know. Yeah. Do you, how do you, what do you do when you turn your faucet? You know, and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's been a while since you guys have had any cold weather or whatever. I just... <laughs> I, because I was raised in the north, I just took it for granted. You just knew you thought everybody you were had born snow. with these instincts. Yeah, you knew how to take care of it when it got cold. Us who lived through the blizzard of '93 <laughs> are going like, hmm, okay. I was dating my ex-husband at the time, the father of my yes. first child, and I remember I had a little Ford Escort, and I was living in some apartment over there off Paper Mill. And, you know, Blizzard Night 3 comes, snow everywhere. (laughs) And he's like, he's a little bit older than me. So he didn't want me staying in my little apartment by myself. You couldn't work. Right, yeah. Yeah, Shut down. uh, Yeah, everything was shut down. He said, why don't you come to my mom's house in Farragut and just hang out with me for a while? Now, we had just started fogging around. 
Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to go to your mama's house. But I ended up going to his mama's house and the rest is history. She absolutely loves me, still loves me to this day. See? But all and my little Ford Escort made it from paper mill to Farragut. That's just nerves and you know Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I it was March eleventh, nineteen (laughs) ninety three. I lived in Pensacola, Florida, and it snowed that day. I only remember it was my birthday, and I was full pregnant with Sarah. I was like eight months pregnant with Sarah, and big, huge, just, I wanted her to come any second, but I just remember um, having to go outside and everybody freaking out because it was snowing, and I remember the snow and just being huge and being out playing in the snow <laughs> in a romper in Florida <laughs> so nine months pregnant in a romper I was so huge oh it was fun it was fun though but yeah and then it was my birthday too so it was like oh how nice I'll never forget but I didn't get snowed in for days it was like a half an inch barely blanketed the ground and the whole city stopped (laughs) (laughs) one tiktok that really just blew my mind was uh somebody was talking about their tempur-patic mattress yes uh freezing because it has gel or something in it frozen like hard as a brick that's cold as hell I mean, like, how cold are these people's houses? Well, I mean, it's 23 out here right now in the middle of the day. Yeah. Where have I been? Like, I have been in the house. I I have disconnected (laughs) from media. I've been trying to write more and, uh, you know, just cocoon myself from outside life. And wow, overnight. just That's amazing. It was like, what, 40 something degrees yesterday? Mm hmm. So and twenty three today. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm making red beans and rice. Oh, for Mardi Gras. Yeah, it's Fat Tuesday. I always do. I'm more. I am probably better. And it's weird because I'm not Catholic. Just, <laughs> it's because growing up on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, it's a party. And you know what? Fun fact: If you're ever on a game show and they ask you where Mardi Gras originated, you do not say New Orleans. You Mobile, Alabama is where Mardi Gras originated. Mobile. Mobile, Alabama. I've never been to Mobile, but my sister likes going to Mobile to gamble. Does she? Yes. They started having casinos in Mobile? I didn't know that. I knew Biloxi had in Mississippi, but I didn't realize that Mobile had gambling boats now. Neat. I haven't been there in a while. I haven't Ooh, been back to Florida Maybe we in a should while. go. We should totally go to Florida. <laughs> maybe not Florida. <laughs> <laughs> what? I can't There's go to a Mobile. joke. My uh, cop sister, that's her jurisdiction. <laughs> I can't go. There's a joke. I'm not allowed. <laughs> what is trashy when you're poor, but classy when you're rich? And somebody said Florida. Florida. <laughs> yes, it is. I don't like Florida for other reasons, but that uh, I will not get into now. Oh, yeah. I think we should just jump into our topic today. It's going to be pretty controversial. Well, we might as well. It's Fat Tuesday. That's right. What are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about the fatness. 
the fatness. Yes. And I'll tell you something controversial about Florida and being fat. It's my first time I was ever fat shamed. And I might have been maybe a size 14. But it might not have even been directed to me. But I was walking on the beach and uh, or down the side of the beach. And some dude yelled out, call Greenpeace. <laughs> oh, no. She's dying. <laughs> I get her in the water. And I thought he was talking about me. So, And that stuck with you for the rest Forever. of your life. Because you're sitting here today, probably what, 30? How many years? No, more at 40. 40 years, years later? <laughs> and that's still in your mind? Yes. That's what I'm saying. How many, how long ago? Like clear as day. Should we say a disclaimer that, you know... This is going to be controversial. We are going to say some things that you think you might not like. Controversial? Oh, that is always controversial. All right, because society secretly loves the fat person, but for what reasons? Oh, uh, because it makes them feel better about themselves. Hmm. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's comforting to be in that position, to be the fat friend, you know, to be in the position like as who I am in comedy. Sometimes I think that's a it's a comfortable position to be in. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to propel you further, because if society truly doesn't really want the fat person around or whatever, that's one thing. But I think that uh, I'm pretty enough to be accepted and uh i'm positive and i'm chubby enough though to not be threatening you know that's what i feel like especially in girl world sometimes i think to not be threatening to who to other people to you know i have girlfriends that are gorgeous and other women treat them insane or you know talk about behind their back are just terrible to women women are awful to each other behind their back anyway yes so i think that there's a weird i don't know i think that they feel like they have less competition if you're chunkier i think women for a long time have been surprised and i think people are surprised now you mentioned tiktok i'm when i scroll through there and i see dudes on there talking about how they're totally into fat girls or whatever um, it's amazing in the comments if you ever get lost in the comments about how many people are shocked or surprised or how dare you. And most of those comments are from other women. You know, they're not even from dudes. Dudes are like, yeah, totally. Get yeah. It. You know, it's girls. So what kind of what is that fat shaming about? What? 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 I mean, are girls completely wrong about what men really find attractive? Let's talk Could about, it be? Let's talk about the history a little bit, though. I mean, during ancient times, being fat was a sign of wealth. Yeah, that prosperity. Means, yeah. You could eat. Yeah. yeah, and eat well. You had food to eat. That's a big deal. There are tribes still in Africa who, the bigger you are, the more status the husband, your husband has in the community. Because for that very reason i guess like yeah and then i was reading uh back in the 60s 
it had started a whole fat acceptance wave. There's been several waves, but the first one kind of started hmm. in the 60s. You think? About really? 67 or so. Yes, that's I do have information about that. No, I mean, that's cool. I did not know that because what I remember from the 60s is everybody ultra thin, twiggy. You know, I remember a lot of, uh, I mean, granted, I was only five years into the 60s, so it was going into the 70s, but that would have been the late as well. But I just, I remember everyone around me constantly being, you know, don't eat that, you'll get fat, being told my whole life, oh, you would be so beautiful if you just weighed 20 pounds less or whatever. <laughs> if you just lost 20 pounds, you would be stunning. Okay. Oh, I'm man. all boobs and butt. I don't know what you want me to lose. Like, <laughs> this is this is legit how I'm built. So this is according to Wikipedia, where all you know, facts are for real, yeah, for real, just like our know-it-all degrees. But, um, the history of the fat acceptance movement can be dated back to 1967, when 500 people met in New York's Central Park to protest against anti-fat bias. Oh wow! Well, that made awareness of the fat shaming mm -hmm. and anti-fat bias. Sociologist Charlotte Cooper has argued that the history of fat of the fat activist movement is best understood in waves similar to the feminist movement. Hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So um, their social movements in this period were initially known as fat pride, fat power, fat liberation, um, often consisted of people acting in a impromptu fashion, a fat in was staged at New York Central Park in 1967 where 500 people uh, just, yeah, sat down and fatted in. Huh. Well, that's pretty interesting. And then the uh, the second wave came in the 90s. I'll back up and say that in 1979, um, Big Beautiful Woman was a term that was coined. Hmm. So it's just something else that we've been struggling with for... Um, tell me a little bit about your, your struggles, your personal, like with if you want fat. to. Yeah. Well, I know that we definitely, I definitely have a genetic gene of to, for people to be fat in my family. My, um, grandmother was very large and I have a brother that's very large and my daughter is very large. She would be a super BBW and, uh, I don't think it's all necessarily nurture, you know. I think it's a lot is nature as well. As well as just uh, the fact that food choices, even for myself, are more, you know, I had to be, I would have to be conscious of what I, I gain weight very easily, have a lot of fat cells anyway. And I didn't struggle. I did not... For myself personally, I was never skinny, what by the definition of skinny, mm -hmm. but when I'm really, really thin or I look emaciated comparatively, like, but I have a big boobs, big butt, you know, I'm not super tall, but I'm not 
very short either and i have a long torso so i carry weight well yeah you're very hourglass mm-hmm. very yeah i got all upset with you one day i am not <laughs> pear <laughs> I corrected myself. <laughs> just that was just a hormonal day, ma'am. That was just hormonal day. It was like I am a two and a half hour glass at best. But um, I, my sister, my younger sister, her body shape is very was lanky. You know, I'm sure that it's changed over the years. Your body shifts and different things happen to you. But she was stick straight and had a super high metabolism you know she modeled and all that kind of stuff and it was cool she was a little bit younger than me and I always was very shaped like you know my body was built for sin like Melanie Griffith said in that movie (laughs) (laughs) working girl yeah yes okay yeah I was like, ah, I hate titles. I can't remember anything. But um, yes, I um, very much always have had a a very, people would say, oh, Mae West, you know, Marilyn Monroe, very, you know, little waist, big boobs, big hips. So I've always had a womanly figure. But then after I had children and stuff, I started gaining way more weight. I've gained weight a little bit before then as well. It would fluctuate up and down. Um, I think I just started eating emotions after bad boyfriends. And now you have a good one. Now I have a good one. So now it's, we're eating because we're happy. Well, yeah. And and he's one of those dudes that likes bigger women. So he, Mm -hmm. he likes big ladies. I mean, he likes all ladies. Don't, you know, he thinks all women are beautiful, but, uh, he, he's always been more prone to be attractive to plus size women um but yeah it's been hard i had i've i'm on a journey again to uh with my lifestyle with changes slow consistent changes i quit red bull at the beginning of the year i'm so proud of you too and so for lent i'll continue to give up red bull (laughs) i guess even though (laughs) you know since it's mardi gras tomorrow you have to shut it all down for 40 days apparently so what are you what are you giving up for lent I know I've already given that. up everything, so I don't. I'm not Catholic, so what do I care? I'm not. I'm not gonna do Ash Wednesday, atone for my sin Wednesday, and then give up. Anyway, I've given up sugar. I didn't even get candy from my daddy for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I was really I bad make, this weekend. I make that sound like um, he literally was going to get me candy, and I was like, "Please don't buy me candy because I want to eat it and I'll be sad." And you know don't and so because i'm although i'm not cutting out all the hidden sugars and sugars in the world i am not eating any conscious sugar sweets you know baked goods candy bars all of my weakness all the things that i love to snack on i did (laughs) um i just bought chocolate Mm -hmm. for valentine's day but then i made a little charcuterie board and i put fruits in there as well and some nuts and just a a little bit of chocolate i saw your photo on instagram it looked wonderful <laughs> that looked cute and i ordered a chocolate covered strawberries from a friend of mine who makes them every year she's actually a little chef you know she's been nice. making them 
so help out local business. But that was the only candy that we had, and I still felt guilty over it for eating it. This yeah, weekend. did you? Well, I don't think you should feel guilt, though. I don't like that people associate guilt with food. Well, it happens. You know, I it, know. It's, it's stems from my childhood and the way I grew up. I started getting fat when I was about eight. Yeah. Uh, I can remember wearing a bra for my fat in second grade, and I didn't feel like I needed to wear a bra at eight, but my mother said, you know, you had to. And it wasn't... It wasn't boobs. It was fat. Constantly teased in elementary school. I was a binge eater. I was a secret eater. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that I got those habits from watching other people in my family. Uh, My grandmother always had a treat box at her house that anytime we could go in there and and get something. um, My mom was probably a secret eater. Like, I remember hiding little Debbie snack cakes in my closet, you know, and just the shame and the guilt of all that mm-hmm. has made me into what I am today. Um, I've always been the fat kid, you know, all through middle school, middle school was horrible. High school was just about as horrible. Um, but by the time in high school, I started developing into my looks and I have a really pretty face and I'm tall, but the rest of me, I'm the complete opposite of you. No boobs, no butt, big belly. I am a rectangle. <laughs> That's my body shape. She got these long, amazing legs, and you can dress your body shape to look lean. Outward appearances, yeah, I can do all that. But... And my husband and I have this discussion all the time. If I do not think that I'm beautiful and I'm sexy, Mm -hmm. there is nobody in this world who's going to tell me otherwise. I have to believe it for myself. Yes. And I'd be willing to bet that a lot of people feel that way. That I can give you compliments all day long. You look gorgeous today, though, by the way. You've done your Mardi Gras makeup, and you've got your lashes on, and your hair looks gorgeous, and you've got your sexy top on and everything. And I could sit there and tell you a hundred million times how beautiful and gorgeous I think you are. But if you don't believe it yourself, nothing I say is going to make a difference. Yeah, you got to feel yourself no matter what size you are. That's Mm -hmm. super important. I think, first of all, I had... um, I had gotten up to like a little over 300 pounds at one point and it was depression and sadness and you know just life and it was before I had gotten divorced from my ex who by the way was a bodybuilder mm-hmm. you know that was his hobby was competitive bodybuilding and he won lots of trophies and things like this and I helped engineer his diet so it's not like I don't know what to eat why do you or feel how like, to do it why do you feel like you could do those things for him and further his career and what he wanted to do and further his body and his looks but not do it for yourself well when we were together his thing was you're perfect you're beautiful like you are blah 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 you know our relationship was uh I'll isolate her and she's great and whatever, you know, because again, 
just because I was fat didn't make me not beautiful. You right. know what I mean? Yes. So I was very much in denial as well because I uh, have always done my makeup. I've always done my hair. I've always looked presentable. I was raised, when you're raised by somebody that is poor, things go usually two ways for people. And mine went, listen, you might be poor, but you don't have to be nasty. You can be clean. Right. Yes. You know, you are not gross. You just don't have as much money as this person has, but you're not dirt, you know, and so you're not going to be nasty. So even though I was always, I was big, I always dressed nice. And the thing is, it's like a frog in the pot. It's like a denial. Uh, I've been a hairdresser since I was 19. So fashion's always been a big deal to me. It's integrated into my life no matter what size. So if you can dress your body and you have an hourglass figure and you have some kind of shape, you can get bigger and bigger and still be appealing to people which is odd but it's about symmetry and in the eye the human beings see things and they see symmetry is more beautiful than things that are off or asymmetric or whatever i know that's just a weird thing but visually be fine and i could dress for my body and i would take chances with fashion or whatever so I would see myself, I still thought I looked great. It's like reverse anorexia. Mm -hmm. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm still Gail size 12 Gail, where I'm, you know, comfortable, where it's a wonderful size for me. Whether people, it's plus size or not plus size, I don't care whether it's single digits or double digits. They're calling that now middle sized. Because, you know, because I guess we've got to have something. I can't say that I'm necessarily obese of course i'll tell you what i am on the scale right now i'm sitting at 216 i've lost three pounds in you're the past. still considered obese i'm still considered obese yeah but i'm five eight mm-hmm. um i have huge hands and huge feet i have size 11 feet when I, my wrist is like a wrist of a man's when people look at me they go, oh, there's no way you weigh over 200 pounds. Yeah, there is. It's just my weight is distributed throughout yes. my body, and I am literally big boned. <laughs> well, I have extremely dense tissue. Like, my actual mass is dense, so it looks smaller. I mean, I know I don't look smaller now. I'm just talking about uh in general, where doctors have even put my weight at, um, you know, like for my height or whatever, I should be 135 to like the max is um, like 145 mm-hmm. or whatever. BMI I should is be a in joke. My, like it, it 135 is, joke. is the middle mm-hmm. ideal. So it'd be like 120 something if I were going to be the the whatever ideal weight but i've had doctors like different doctors be like no i think you should be like at 175 should be your target weight for like body shape density because they're like you're you've got so much mass 
So I always have always weighed heavy on a scale no matter what, but they're what I look good or I feel good in is, you know, what's important for me and right. how I feel health-wise, how I feel. I think COVID has given a little bit of a scare there with people because more people that were overweight seem to have a lot tougher time mm-hmm. with COVID. So it's a lot scarier. From what I've read, it's kind of like um, the AIDS situation. Your body doesn't die from AIDS. Mm-hmm. Your body dies because you have your immune system is fucked right and i'm kind of looking at covid the same way people aren't necessarily dying of covid they're dying of what of the problems that they had before and covid has just exasperated them yeah they uh um it's funny when you talk about covid though and people are talking about how weight and you need to take this medicine or take this vaccine or do whatever but they're not talking about health they're not talking about what you put inside of your body yeah well and they've discounted a lot of things too that people are putting inside Mm -hmm. their body but yet i don't know i've been very fortunate and i've been in situations that uh if i should have already gotten covid by now you know um just whatever i try to be cautious mm-hmm. however i've been fortunate enough not to get it but i'm you know i'm concerned with things but i'm not uh i'm not gonna live afraid of it anymore but anyway this isn't about covid no it's I'm gonna about ch- i'm gonna change gears a little bit <laughs> yes and, uh, do you remember the and go back to the childhood a little bit do you remember the the book called blubber by judy bloom no, I didn't read a lot of Judy Bloom. But you got to realize I'm oh. six years older than you. You are tr- true, and, but and it Judy- doesn't seem like that much. But I w- my reading level, I was way ahead of Judy Bloom mm-hmm. by the time Judy Bloom was out. I would read Blubber on a regular basis. You could finish it in an hour. Go read it. <laughs> but Blubber is about, I cannot remember what age they are. I want to say it's like fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. That mm-hmm. time where girls are just vicious to each other. And there's this girl, uh, they call her Blubber because she happens to be a little bit fatter than mm-hmm. they are. Um, but how the book changes is once those she starts getting into the in crowd with people. And then she has changed her fat, quote, persona Mm -hmm. has changed once she got into with the mean girl group. And now she's just another mean girl, except now she's the mean fat girl. Right. Great. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, that's always a great trope, too, isn't it? (laughs) That's the villain everybody wants to hate. You can be pleasant and fat, but how dare you be an asshole and fat? Especially a female. I was getting ready to say, you know, (laughs) how has fat been, especially with men, been revered in society? You know, everybody loves the big fat guy. Chris Farley, Ralphie Mae, name another one. Well, they're, yeah, they're either super hilarious or super vicious. You have like Mm -hmm. Al Capone beating somebody up with a bat. You know what I mean? It's always like... Their job of the hut, <laughs> you know, or they're the clown, fat guy. 
Yeah. So it's wild that it's like feast or famine. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Or maybe. Do people rever fat men more than fat women? No. I think fat men... I'm like, no. <laughs> I think that there is definitely, as far as uh, sexual taste, there's different tastes for all that. But I think we societally do not hold fat men to a great esteem no i think that fit men are held to a higher esteem prosperous men are held to a higher esteem now if you are fat and you have a lot of money if you're a multi-millionaire billionaire yeah then you get the position but that's strictly from your position it has nothing to do with your body because People do not judge men as much. I mean, that's starting to change, and it's been starting to change over the last, I'd say, since 2000, so over the last 20 years, about uh, men and body image. You know, I think our kids, your your girls especially, um, will deal more with uh, insecure body image from men than any of us in our last generations and generations and generations of women because men have been men <laughs> they've all had the privilege i think in a in a uh, some other communities where um you know body shape is a big deal uh, i think that uh, i don't have a representative of this community here so i'm not going to go on it but like in the gay community it's been a big deal you hear about that as a complaint from people or as something they deal with what's Um, a complaint with like uh being if you're fat and you're a gay man in the community i mean now they have you know they have people that dig bears and hairy chest and people that do dig bbms as well as bbws but called bhms Big handsome man. Big hand. Okay. Yeah. BHMs. Yeah. Big handsome man. Yes. So yeah, but are they more? They're more in a fetish niche, I think, like BBWs. When you talk about men in the, I know several gay men performers mm-hmm. in the community who are bigger, but fuck, are they not fucking sexy? Oh yeah. Now, I like big men, so that's a whole yeah. nother that's a whole nother thing. So I feel like I don't have I don't have there's a man listening right now and he knows how sexy I think he is and that I would scoop him up if he would just give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's I mean, seriously, very many, very many men are super uh, like I don't know, but I like big guys. So I find that super duper hot very hot and uh i have a friend that likes ultra thin guys like rick okasic from the cars <laughs> that whole look and Rest i'm like peace. i'm like oh are you kidding rick okay all right <laughs> so you know and so i so is that me do i have one of those hmm i have a rather lanky oh he is yeah man. your daddy is very lanky and there's a lot of chicks that are super turned on by that for you know cowboy link you know tall lanky i mean 
That's tall, dark, and handsome's been ideal. Just through the years, I've heard men that are gay that when we have conversations like behind the chair conversations Mm -hmm. or whatever, that it's difficult dating. They have all the same problems that women do. You know, it's so funny. We're as humans, we're not all that far out there, but um, some of them have issue with aging with being bigger with you know whatever and men are very visual so is i mean are we just fetishized in the bdsm community since we're bbws or uh is it a legitimate love of us do you consider yourself a bbw yes see i don't you don't think you're a bbw Mm mm-mm not when I see women out there that are way more beautiful than I am. I don't consider myself that. What is? What do you mean when you see women that are way more beautiful than you are? Way more beautiful. And, and the beauty comes from their confidence within themselves. And I don't have that confidence. So you just consider yourself a BW? Yeah, I'm just a big woman. (laughs) But there will be people out there that go, you're not even that big. How can you even call yourself that? Yeah. And instead of lifting each other up, we continue to tear each other down. Yeah, I'm just just shocked that you think you're just BW. That's just so ridiculous. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. And beauty is in the eye of the beholder. How do you know they're any more beautiful than you? That's just what I see. We're I ain't so saying funny. it's right. I'm just saying that's just what I see. It's so funny. Because, like, I like myself. Oh, I love myself. You know myself. what I mean? I realistically. But I wouldn't say I'm not beautiful. It's taken uh, several years for me to get to this place. Like, I can say when I started coming out in the kink community, that's when I started to feel more attractive well i'm that's i definitely want to talk about that too i just find it interesting because you've asked me before if i thought i was beautiful or whatever kind of a thing and you've told me i was beautiful and i appreciate that like a lot um and it's weird because i like myself and i do think i'm beautiful but what's funny is i don't think my beautiful my beauty would be a commodity to trade you know what I mean? Like there exact, are women, yeah. there are women yes. who are beautiful enough that they can parlay that into mm-hmm. making a living. You know, some don't even need talent. They're just, you know, whatever the beauty standard is and boom, chocolate, take a picture. Here we go. You know, that's awesome. I guess that it takes a talent. I don't know. I'd be bored probably. <laughs> Definitely. I will never know. Because I've never had the attributes to be what society or vogue or whatever would consider a great beauty. But am I beautiful? Yeah, I'm beautiful. (laughs) Just as you're beautiful. So, yeah, I think I'm a BBW. (laughs) Uh, Was your mother a bigger woman? Uh, No. Not until, I mean, she became larger because she uh, broke her back a couple times and then she uh, was on like steroids and different things like that and she became heavier and it was definitely a bone of 
contention with her. But then she would fluctuate. She'd get smaller, mm-hmm. you know. She was never... Uh, she, But her mother was. And I think that made a difference uh, with her. One of her sisters was larger. Uh, her other sister, she had like a medium. And then she was the smaller one. Uh, my mom, after her back injury and things like that, she just kind of started shrinking over the years. But she was a little taller, lankier. She's built a lot more like my sister. Long legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, my sister has long legs and uh like my mom and had my mom's shape so she was smaller smaller bone more delicate i think but my mom um was uh smaller for a long time most all of her life she was very you know lanky athletic kind of yeah in shape for most part like i have a photo somewhere i'll show you uh, where we're sitting on a couch together and she's super tiny and I'm not fat. I mean, I got my hands crossed and cause I was like, I'm next. Cause you you're an angsty teenager. Yeah, yeah. You can just see it all. It's so sad. And, uh, I got this big, huge turtleneck on, uh, you know, it was probably 62 degrees in Florida at the time that I'm wearing it. <laughs> But, I mean, my legs are crossed. I'm sitting there, and you can see I'm not a big person, but she's, like, very small-looking. So it's like, um, I don't, you know, again, I've always had the you'd-be-pretty-if situation. Mm-hmm. I, You know, my face was round. Even though I had an oval face, I always was kind of chubbier till you know, later in life when that chiseled out some. But, you know again i i got very i was very womanly looking for young and it wasn't cool because it was the 80s and who you know like growing up the 70s i that's why i'm like really the fat thing was a cool thing in the 70s who who well, that was just the start of it yeah and who knew because uh you know it was everybody wanted to be the rocker chick or whatever so when I was young my mom I just I always remember her being big um her highest weight was 320 that Mm -hmm. number has always stuck out in my head she had in the 70s I'd say probably 77 78 she had what was called a I'm gonna get this wrong jejulingal bypass which is a type of bariatric surgery where they would bypass her small intestine or take it out completely and then it would be her intestine would be reattached near the colon i don't i just looked this up a little bit i don't know what all it entailed but i remember my mom after that she lost like she went down to 120 she lost 200 pounds in a matter of months wow months which, of course, we're learning now is not good for your body at mm-hmm. all. So once she had that, and they said that she could have had it reversed, but there's a, but she could die if she had it reversed. Oh, so wow. She, so she didn't. Um, she lived to be 55. She was one of the longest living humans that had had this type of surgery. Um, and this was back... 
you know, in 78, she died in 2005. So what we're talking 30 years or mm-hmm. more of having this surgery. Um, the mortality rate of this surgery was 4%. That's why they don't do it anymore. Um, among other things. But I remember her, whew, she was bulimic also. So I remember the throwing up. I remember uh, her towards the end of her life, not having an esophagus and constantly choking all the time because of the bulimia where she would throw up when she was younger before the surgery and she just eroded her esophagus. Uh, She always had problems with her body after that. I remember her going to the doctor numerous times. And when she lost all this weight, I just remember her looking very flat, if that makes sense. Like her boobs went down to just pancakes, nothing. Mm -hmm. And she had a lot of loose skin around from where she had lost so much weight so quickly. I don't think it bettered her life any. If anything, I think it worsened it. But what are you going to do? Back in the 70s, somebody comes up and says, hey, you know, we've got this new surgery. You don't want to be fat anymore. Let's try this out. It just wasn't good for her. It wasn't good for her life. Uh, It really kind of pisses me off that she's not around today because of this. Is the surgery what ultimately caused her early death? I would think so, yes. Because... You have to have a small intestine for some things. That's why it's put there. Mm-hmm. I'm no doctor, though. Well, I no. Don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know if she was the type who would have continued to try to take care of herself properly or whatever. I mean, my mom and her health irritated the heck out of me too. But it wasn't necessarily with her weight. It was because she would smoke and yeah, she had. She died of lung cancer, people. But she uh, mom was a huge partier too, so a lot of drinking, some drugs, some hardcore drugs. I'm not talking just weed, but really lived that uh, biker chick hardcore lifestyle, which I'm sure did not help. Yeah, her body either. But for me, looking at that, growing up, my self esteem was just shot because I thought that I would never. I'll never be thin. I'll never... I was always bullied in school. I find it really, really interesting that today you go on Facebook and you see your, quote, friends from high school and how they comment on your pictures. And it's like, oh, you're so beautiful. Look at you. Oh, my gosh, you're so sexy. And I'm like, where were you 40 years ago, bitch, when you were making fucking fun of me and calling me blubber calling me whale uh calling me casper because i was round and too white (laughs) where were you then Uh, but people change people change the pecking it's the pecking order it's like although i didn't have to deal with being deal with fat as a child that wasn't a i'm sad that you even had to deal with that and isn't it what makes you a stronger person today? I guess. If you can get through that. And yeah, there are times where I still look at myself and, you know, and I make fun of myself all the time of, quote, being fat. Doesn't that just, doesn't that 
make your skin make the hide just a little tougher well it definitely helps deal with the pain if you're making jokes that are funny to you about it and you're not just being disparaging to yourself uh so right now on social media like on facebook for example you can't joke around and say i could not put on your page or maybe we should make an experiment try it now post on your page gail you're so fat and oh yeah. See how long it is before it gets taken down. Or somebody Pretty- comments and they're ready to kill you. Yes. Did you we had our guest Kayla, her Facebook was blowing up one of her friends cuz they were she was just like her friends like, "Ah, just quit. You're so gross. Like your makeup sucks right. or whatever." You're just and play- it's, her, it's playing around. It's yeah. a really good friend of hers yeah. who is also a makeup influencer, by the way. <laughs> so it's like, and so then it's like, well, you're just talking about me, you know, because like we're the same and stuff like that. And they were just back and forth and back and forth. And when I first read it, I was like, oh, my gosh, because Kayla, in a stroke of genius, says, I don't know who this chick is. She's just some stalker. <laughs> And oh my gosh, they reported her. And then she had to go back and say, okay, y'all don't report my friends. I don't, yeah. I guess you can't yeah, it's a hear joke. the sarcasm. But yeah, I would, if she were a stalker, I would have already blocked her. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> why would I? You know, because, and that's what, like, her friend was like, yeah, that's why you keep me around or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, who wouldn't block? Like, take some cues. But it's nice to know people love you enough to come to the defense because there were pitchforks and torches. It was, I was like, there for it. And Kayla's like, oh, hold on, calm down, calm down. It'll be all right. It's all good. We're friends. Uh, I have my uh, my daughter and my former daughter-in-law are, are bigger girls. And, like, my former daughter-in-law is like, just say fat. What is wrong with it? It's, it's fat. It's a descriptor. It's fine. I am fat. But I don't think it's ugly. You know? I mean, it's it's like I am beautiful as I am. Touch on that for a minute. Yeah. You, you have a daughter. I, I have do. four daughters. You talk about estrogen running wild and rampant at my house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it gets, um, it's going to get really controversial for people. My daughters, I have to put them like two and two because they have two different fathers. But my first two are a little more on the voluptuous side. You know, like you, they've got the big butt the big boobs they have that hourglass shape and then i have two that got more of their dad's genes and they're a little more sticks mm-hmm. you know my youngest is really thin yeah and gets teased on for that constantly don't you eat and everything that girl eats more than anybody i can eat can put a grown man to shame eating but she just burns it off like it's nothing mm-hmm. just like her dad And we've all had those when they get into like 11, 12, 13, uh, they start going through hormones and they're starting puberty and things. This is like the roughest time in their life ever. Mm -hmm. As a mother, did you see that them getting a little like chunky growing up and going, "Uh, maybe you shouldn't have that fourth little baby cake? Oh, yeah, but it backfires. Always, always. Yeah, it's completely um, 
it becomes us versus them, you know, and also myself being bigger and dealing with, you know, I, I feel sad because sometimes I think I might have failed my daughter in that, I think, but I also, we've discussed things in that. However, when that approach, yes, it makes it difficult. I had even gone on a conscious weight loss journey mm-hmm. and, and tried to encourage her to do it with me. And I lost almost 100 pounds doing this journey. And she was not about that life. And it was just like, no, um, I'm making things harder for her, I guess. I don't, you know. I don't know. Yeah, so what's the what's the right answer? And there may not be a right answer, but what's the right answer when you see your child gaining weight and becoming more unhealthy and you want to say I wish you would make better choices or but for me, I've just kind of I screwed up with my first two by saying those things. The second two, I was I learned my lesson. I was a little more um, I'm just going to come back and just observe, you know, and if I see you really doing something to harm yourself, I'm going to say something. Um, nobody wants their child to, to die. Nobody mm. wants their child to be unhealthy. No. And the, and the, the other thing from that is like you had multiple children. I also have multiple children mm-hmm. and my son, RJ, Although his weight does tend to fluctuate up and down because he's a boy and uh, he's built differently, he's never dealt with looking fat. For him, he's fat and then he's mean to her. You know what I mean? He's her brother. He's both of my children did not have it easy going through school. RJ had mild cerebral palsy. He, you know. They'd say, walk like a duck, whatever. And my daughter having, you know, being a little bit bigger. I was always around during middle school. I don't, both kids dealt with bullying. So I don't know who had it worse, but I tried to make sure that they were surrounded by people who cared about them, team them. I gave them the permission to not have to worry about being the end kid which in some circumstances made them the end kid because they weren't even trying so it's almost like why is this chick not even trying to be my friend or whatever mm-hmm. and then uh having a presence at school as you know with PTA moms and things like that um most of their friends thought I was cool anyway so they you know might want to be your friend because of this. But Sarah's middle school friendships are her best friends today. So that's, you know, hopefully that was helpful. Now, yes. on as far as her choices and things like that, I think she's just been going through the defiance state. Like I say, you have denial. I've raised her like she was a beautiful, you know, I, I didn't get on to her maybe enough because I told her she was beautiful, but I thought I was beautiful and I was a big lady as well. So she's not, you know, um, 
having big people in your family when everybody that you're around, I mean, her dad was 6'4", and when he was competing in bodybuilding contest with zero, like the lowest body fat, 3% body fat, he was weighing in at 245, 250. This is huge. Yeah. I mean, he was bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger when he won Mr. Olympia. And so when you're around all big people, you don't seem as big. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I I know that she went through a period of cutting. You know, I mean, uh, she she did have a lot of things going on with mm-hmm. her. I know that there We've was... We've been through that, too. I know that there was it's a heartbreaking. lot. Yeah, it's really... It is. It's really hard. And it's hard when you are helpless when you love somebody and Mm -hmm. I think honestly what made her change her mind is that I literally broke down in front of her that you know first that she was hurting so bad she had to cut herself Mm -hmm. you know um to release that pain and then um if I had anything to do with it of course because your mom so you think it's all your fault to start with and then what's going on so I have no doubt because I used food during depression and to medicate rather than like I don't do hard drugs you know I'm not a big drinker I don't I escape through food and and there have been times in my you know denial I deserve this you know and then I'm like do I really but I'm older now yeah you know so now it's not about being hot it's about like, oh my gosh, you know, ooh, I got to walk up and down these stairs. and <laughs> Hey, that was me the other night. <laughs> we're laying in bed and we're watching the last bit of Letterkenny, which I highly recommend if you haven't I've seen, seen that yet. Some of it, I, you know, it's... And I'm waiting for ahead. season 10, come on. <laughs> and uh, I'm really tired. Of course, I'm really, you know, I've had a few... Mm-hmm. Bowls, <laughs> and I wanted some Cheez-Its in the worst way. Cheez-Its, and I kept telling Danny, "Gosh, I really want some Cheez-Its." Almost hinting like, "Will you go get me some?" But I knew that he was tired and he was not going to. So I was just like, "Oh, I really want some, but do I want to make the trip downstairs in order to get them? And Can I not just I dream again. of Genia and go pink pink?" And what or have them in the drawer <laughs> that's well, old me yes I would have had all the snacks in my drawer <laughs> see but I did not go get Cheez-Its because I was like Jen you don't need them you don't need them if you are too lazy that you cannot get up and go down a flight of steps and go get what you want then you don't need them mm-hmm. and I didn't have Cheez-Its that night I didn't need them anyway Well, I've had to reprogram my brain because for myself, that's, you know, my parents were Depression era people, you know, my, well, my parents had an age difference. So my dad was really Depression era. My mom had just grown up poor as though she was Depression. And food and things, food and being able to eat what you want is a huge sign of prosperity. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, even my parents, and my dad, a certified financial planner, their idea of if you were wealthy wasn't the car you drove, 
I mean, there would be old Farmer Brown would come up in the most beat up pickup truck and be yeah, worth. Yeah, he's sitting. He's, he's sitting on five million dollars yes. worth of land. You and, know? And yeah, all, all kinds of yeah, yeah. He is worth five, ten million bucks. You know, and uh, doesn't look like he's worth a dime. Dude, come up in a BMW and he owes everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, it was a stock pantry. And like, if my mom came to our house and people other people not just me and she loved me dearly but if she came over and i didn't have enough like in her brain toilet paper rolls mm-hmm. or she'd open the fridge you know she'd always need something oh, i gotta go to the bathroom or whatever and she never hung out at my house i'd always have to go to my mom's to hang out with her but by golly it was like she came and did an inspection and if i didn't have enough of whatever she thought in my world i needed by golly next thing i know i got a phone call and it'd be like oh gail can you come over here and help me unload these groceries i just went to sam's and i kind of overbought a little bit and just can you help me unload these the next thing i know i mean you've got a car full of food yes yes to stock up everything because that was you'll be okay if you have food so that's when the love affair started with that's my grandparents they grew up depression era as a child and um food was a main thing at their house she had two chest freezers she had cabinets full of food she had pantry one of those pantries Mm -hmm. that you buy i remember it was green and it was Mm -hmm. metal you were gonna eat by golly you were gonna eat yeah and she always if you didn't have food at your house you went to granny's house and you got food and took it back home Mm -hmm. and i think that's what's kind of it i know that it has something to do with how i've been molded into what i am today because she fed me you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. she knew that i was starting to gain weight and i wasn't eating the right foods but she made sure that i was fed Mm -hmm. no matter what yes and I kind of do the same thing now with my kids. I don't have like the pantry full of food because I'm really starting to try to make better choices. But my kids will always be fed. It may not be the stuff that they want to eat. Well, yeah, I mean, that happens as well. But my, I mean, I was, I cooked for mine mm -hmm. all the time. And, uh, I was happy to feed them because that was the love language that was, you know, shown to me, you you know. And so uh, did we make a mistake, though, with our children? I think since love language was food was love language to us. Did we try to make that part of our children? I think where the mistake that personally, when I look back at things besides my own choices of not my choices were not the food that I made being bad. It was overeating the food mm-hmm. that I made. All right. So like I cook pretty well. And e- even if I make decadent things, the ingredients of those things are pretty decent. Not a lot of processed or whatever. Were you the mother that ate their children's plates when they didn't sometimes you didn't want to waste food sometimes it would depend yeah Yeah. or it just wouldn't be any we'd just eat till everybody was stuffed like it was thanksgiving every 
day <laughs> we cooked. I mean, it was like an event, uh, and I cooked enough for like leftovers or whatever. And you know, their dad ate a lot, and even when he wasn't doing bodybuilding, like if he wasn't competing he would eat to bulk up so it was a lot of food Mm -hmm. lots of food and not always necessarily bad food but when I worked um all the time the kids had a nanny who was a larger lady and uh they got you know a lot of food rewards with that a lot of cookies cakes candies and now I did always make dessert or whatever but then you're also looking at fast food (laughs) You know, how many times or if you didn't cook or lunch or with other kids or whatever, the amount of fast food or if your budget sucked. I mean, we went through hard times financially here and there. And sometimes it was way less expensive to feed them macaroni and cheese and hot dogs or McDonald's two for one dollar menu items i think that's a huge problem with obesity today is what the amount that healthy food costs that produce Mm -hmm. costs um even having enough produce in your area that you can buy Mm -hmm. um versus the 33 cent can of potted meat that you get at the grocery store and slap on two pieces of white bread or the dollar menu at McDonald's. Yes. If you got $5 in your pocket and you got three hungry kids, it's a hell of a lot easier and cheaper to go to McDonald's mm-hmm. and get them something that's going to fill their stomach rather than go to the grocery store. What are you going to buy with $5 of produce? Right. Absolutely. I mean, and even the old produce, who knows what you can <laughs> eat from it. And what are you going to buy? You're going to buy potatoes. Mm-hmm. Because yep. you can get a five-pound bag of potatoes or a ten-pound bag of potatoes and make those stretch and for make the whole a couple week. meals yeah. out of them. Yes, there. Sadly, you're gonna get starchier food. You're gonna get rice and noodles and stuff that's a dollar. Go through all the dollar stuff in the store and then go. Oh, this is what I can afford. What can I make that will feed them, make them happy, fill up their bellies and, you know, whatever. I'd say this is the first time in years since my husband um, got a job that he is uh, very, very good at and that he's prospered at. I don't have to worry about food prices. This is the first time in years Mm -hmm. that I haven't had to go to the grocery store and either have a stack full of coupons, which I still do, but well, yeah, why not have to worry can? about the cut of meat that I'm going to buy. Mm-hmm. I still do that. I think it makes... I do too. Bill, like, I just look at it and I'm like, what? But I also, I've shopped like balling on a budget for years to try to get healthier stuff. So I always, you know, Tuesdays is a great day for meat in the mm-hmm. grocery store to go get pretty discount stuff. If you know what cuts of meat are good, you know, hey, that's not worth the three bucks that is go ahead and get this better cut or change your menu or whatever i mean there's a, wow i know we're talking about like no no let's i want to like when in. i uh the, with the fat thing i know i keep my, me 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 but i had reached a point and just like now you know uh uh i i caught i first called it the three d's but really uh there's extras about that but i think what happens when you decide to make a change 
whether you're going to get surgery. You know, I have friends that have gotten surgery who, you know, your mom's experience sounds absolutely terrible. And of course, it was in the 70s. So it's like, yeah, quite a long time. Surgery is changed by leaps and bounds. Oh, my gosh. Now I have uh, a person I would love to get on the podcast. Uh, Our schedules are just kind of crazy. Her um, screen name is Continue. And she went through her bariatric journey and had gotten the lap band. And her life has changed it seems exponentially with like her happiness and moving forward in her career. And she's a Twitch partner and a Mm -hmm. streamer and they loved her fat. Like she built her following and everything fat, but they've also been with her on this journey and it's, you know, I'm sure she's gotten more people and stuff like that. And it's very hard, you know, when you're an influencer or things like that and you've got people so involved in your life. So I'm very, Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in in her journey. I would like my daughter to think about that. I, one of her friends is vehemently suppo- opposed um, to her doing this, and they've started doing some things together and being active and whatever. But when I had made my choice, I was like, you know what? This is interesting because we go through denial. It's like, I'm not that big, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I look fine. Oh, I'm great. It's not that bad. You know, well, just one size larger or whatever. And then, you know, you get defiant. You hit a certain point where you're like, well, screw them. If they don't like me fat, screw you. Yeah. How dare you fat shame me? I am beautiful. And I am beautiful. And, you know, I don't think of anything like that. And then I'll hear like maybe Joe Rogan. When he was talking about um, Tess uh, Holiday, Holiday. and so, and then I'm like, "Well, fuck you, Joe Rogan," (laughs) you know. But then you'll have your, you'll have a moment. I had my fat moment where this turned into disgust. Was I went to Dollywood to ride a ride with my uh, at the first time when I lost all that weight originally I was with my kids and I tried to ride the mountain coaster and I had to get out because it wouldn't close over me but I mean Sarah still could ride it but it wouldn't you know I couldn't even ride the freaking coaster so embarrassed I had to Mm -hmm. get out in front of Mm -hmm. everybody I'm too fat to ride the coaster everybody knew so I get off of there and I'm like well this sucks so that was my disgust I got to do something about it. Here's my disgust moment. Mm -hmm. So my kids used to cheer all the time for a local rec. And I was a cheerleading coach for a little while. And I remember it was one time I was 267 pounds at my highest. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had, this is like 2006, maybe, uh, the baby fat from the last baby still hadn't come off and there was more uh, my husband and I were having at the time we're having huge problems in our marriage I just wasn't mm-hmm. feeling attractive um, I just wasn't me at all I felt like a big old blob until one night after practice a gentleman came out to, we had just met like just met He's like, hi, I'm the dad of so-and-so. It's so nice to meet you. You're a fucking fine-ass lady. 
first thing he said to me, I remember it was raining too at one point the second time we met. And he goes, hey, get your fine ass in this truck and talk to me for a minute. And I was like, holy shit, somebody else thinks I'm attractive at the state that I'm in right now? I did it for a man. I did it for all the fucking wrong reasons. I didn't do it for myself. Mm -hmm. I did it because, holy shit, this guy thinks I'm hot. I need to get hotter. So what did I do after that? I started cutting my meals down to half. Mm -hmm. I started going down to one meal a day. Uh, I walked five miles a day. Just just walked while the Mm -hmm. kids were at practice. Just walked, walked, walked. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had lost 90 pounds before I started a job at UPS. And just then it just started melting off because I was doing it was a five hour workout every day. Physical labor. I didn't do my -hmm. disgust moment wasn't for me. My disgust moment was for this Joe Blow who thought that I was hot. Well, that was your motivation. It was. And, you know, never mind that we went to have a relationship and the sex was really good for years. But (laughs) well, because he saw you. Yes. He saw you. Yes. That's. The thing with uh, my daddy, when I met him, he saw me, but I was feeling myself when I met him. I thought I was, mm-hmm. sh- 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 you know, I was feeling good, looking good. But um, disgust happens and then discipline, you know, I think you decide discipline and then dedication. I think yours was discovery. You discovered, wow. The discipline men is where find I me attractive. Problem. attractive. Isn't that funny? But isn't that why we have doms? You would supposed think. to. I'm my, <laughs> I'm my best dom. There's different kind of doms. Well, and that's we don't. We have we have I, more daddy doms who my, it's just like baby, whatever you want to do, I support you in everything. You go for it. He's the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which Instead is what of I need. Doms that go. Uh, you yes. need to get your ass up and go to the gym right now. So what about? doms and the lifestyle and bdsm lifestyle because since we're going to talk about this and we know that there are extreme fetishes like feeder fetishes where men like super bbws because here's the thing first of all i i don't care male female whoever you're listening to because i skipped off a minute ago and I have noticed from behind the chair, not only gay men with body issues, that was always a thing um, for me, for confided in me. I'm not going to say all of them. I haven't spoke to all of them. Everybody is different. So, but also boys, I've seen over the last 10 years with boys with a solid body image issues where they're anorexic and having way more body image issues than I've ever seen girls with and then girls that have always struggled with issue and been mean and then your discovery story again the famous cat williams was not wrong with do not worry about it if they are interested in you they want to do you mm-hmm. like they don't care so if this person's talking to you and they're interested you are perfect to that person exactly as you are 
You don't have to have a special discovery moment for them. Improve your life in your body because you want something better for yourself. You're going to get laid. If you want to get laid, you're going to get laid. I, have a, I had a little taste of that this morning. So I get up with my husband, 5.30, make his coffee, make his lunch, get him off the road. And then if I decide to go back to sleep, I'll go back to sleep, which has been kind of that way. Well, you've been good about getting up and going I, and working I out. I have, but not this week. I've well, been really, uh, I'm really on myself about this week. But this morning... He comes up to me and he goes, you just look so beautiful today. And I knew what he wanted. You just look so beautiful this morning. And I said, and before I even thought, because I didn't think I looked that way, before I even, you know, thought, I said, are you just saying that because you want a quickie or do you really think I'm beautiful this morning? I need to know. He goes, well, I do. I do think you're beautiful this morning. But yes, also, I do want a quickie. Yes. But it was all in presentation. It wasn't bend over and uh, give me what I want this morning. It was, yes. you're so beautiful this morning. It's always so yeah, nice. Butter me up. Yes. Butter yes. me. <laughs> yes. But they don't care if your toenails polish matches your nails, your hands. They don't. No, they don't care how much your belly hangs over your fupa. No, they don't. <laughs> They don't. I how mean, much, you know. how much of the lifestyle kink, how much of that has boosted your confidence and your self-esteem since you started in this? Oh, well, for me, I mean, my daddy having been like, yeah, I'm very attracted to large women. And and he was like, again, I know I just said this earlier, but I'm attracted to all types of women I think women are beautiful but I'm really attracted to big women BBWs and so I was like oh well perfect this is great you know because I had hip checked them for tacos when we met (laughs) and uh was like I mean ordering and eating these tacos and then I was like would you like some tacos and he was like I said I mean I'll order you some. You can't have these. (laughs) But I'll get you some doggos since, you know, I'm now sitting on your seat because I was literally in a crowded bar sitting on his seat while he was in standing. And the first thing I do is like, I'm eating. I have opinions. (laughs) You know, it was like a whole different thing there. But there's been a lot of freedom from that. There's um, a lot of... uh, it's interesting to think you're a fetish or that your body style has a definite amount of fans. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of fans for your for your body style. Have you went in the opposite direction and you just think like you're hot shit? That's where I'm at. Where you're just like, yeah, I'm Especially awesome. in the kink community. Really? Yes. I'm not really out out in the kink community, so I don't think that I'm I'm not where you are at all. I'm sure that people hate me (laughs) or will hate me when I say this. But like if I go into a party Mm -hmm. or if I anywhere to a munch and it is kink related in some way, I know for a fact that I am the hottest bitch in that room. 
I know for a fact. Well, yeah, because I haven't been there. No. (laughs) 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 I just want Megan the Stallion's knees. That's all. That's all. That's all I want. (laughs) Now, that's that's how much kink has boosted my self-esteem. See, yeah, maybe for me, not... I don't have that same experience. And then I'm older now. So I'm I'm at a weird age and coming up on a birthday. So I'm at the weird, you know, I'm the old mare going out to pasture. You know, I don't, I'm just like, why am I even here? I'm the madam in the hoe house now. You know, like I don't want to show off. There's nothing wrong with as, that. I don't want to show you off as much. As <laughs> right? Yes. I just like ring in the new the new group come on in ladies gents have fun let's have fun i've just you know but i think that's awesome no uh but i think that's really cool do you think your burlesque time has helped that more so Mm, (laughs) no because in burlesque i've seen such beauty and such talent within there it makes me feel like an imposter i have total imposter syndrome when it comes to burlesque so it doesn't it doesn't boost your esteem but being queen bee in the bdsm community you're like does yes listen i am so hot yes yes i love that you feel that way you can't touch me i've been to a party (laughs) with you before (laughs) And and I love that, but I'm you know I it's so funny because I just like not there enough to be comfortable compare and contrast. And with burlesque, it might be because um, there is some skill that's involved in burlesque. Some skills that I don't necessarily possess, but I try my damnedest to do. I'm not really great at it, but I'll get out there and do it. Whereas in kink, it's more visual and more looks oriented. And the fact that I know that I'm fucking tough as nails on a cross. And I will take, yeah, I will take anything and everything that's thrown out to me. Well, yeah, that's cool. I guess, you know, that would be a, I I don't mean it like... I guess. I, I, yeah. I'm not as much of an exhibitionist as you and my daddy are. You know, like yeah. I can, I'm happy to take all that. That's also a different thing in kink versus burlesque. Is burlesque, and that may have something to do with the blue laws here and this, just the constantly mm-hmm. having to uh, be covered up. But I am more modest in burlesque than I am at a oh, king yeah, party. Oh, yeah, I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> Just take it off and go, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm way more modest with that. I like to, you know, I don't give it all. I don't have that. But I'm not an exhibitionist in that situation which a lot of friends that knew me when I was younger would be like what are you even talking about because I don't mind showing parts yeah like I mean I'll be topless all day every day I don't care about but I don't want to be full-on naked in front of anyone 
Except your daddy. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm naked all the time around here. And the kids have seen me. Everybody's seen me naked, really. But it's not like I... You are. I came upstairs one time and you just... Buck Boom, wild. I'm naked. Dance yeah, I mean, like, it's not... Yeah, right? I knew it was you. It's like I didn't... All those windows. But I, I grew up in that, so that doesn't yeah, bother me Yeah, I don't a bit. have... A, yeah, I mean, it was like, oh, God, I just got out of the shower, and I just wrapped the towel to dry my body and my hair, and now, you this know... This bitch is knocking on my door. Here she is, and I just need... To, yeah, it was cold. You need to come in. But anyway, it's... Like, I don't have any problems with the body or being naked, but I don't want to be, like, around a group of people personally while I'm naked. And, you know, burns that I go to, there are people, especially the ones that, like, Tennessee has weird nudity laws for that. So yeah, even if I wanted to be, preach, preach. I would I have to wear pasties yeah. and everything. But um, in, like, Georgia and Alchemy, or if you go to the Big Burn in Nevada or any of these other states that don't have the same type of laws um uh you know people the minute they get there yeah there's freedom yes it's all about being free and self-expression and all that and i you know have no problem like no problem whatsoever with their nudity at all it's not it doesn't even register really it's weird like it's not a thing but for me personally with the group that I'm with or my comfort level, I wouldn't want to be naked. But I, you know, the outfits and things that I wear, it's me. It's my self-expression. Yeah. So that's all that it is. But I still feel just as beautiful or whatever as do you I am. Watch, do you watch <laughs> any of the, I call them fat shows, like the ones on TLC? Do you watch any of those? No, I've seen, I've okay, there was one... Is it my 600-pound life? Was her name Rosie or something? Was she still on the show? I don't know. Or did my she pass Ruby? Was her name Ruby? I don't know. That's not one I watched It was a long normally. time ago. It was yeah. a long time ago. And then now I think, I don't know if she's passed away oh, or what. I have to look that up. But no, I haven't, I haven't watched them steadily yeah. for that. I really so. admire the people that go on these shows because number one you know it's fucking hard because not only are you getting bullied everywhere else now you're going to go on national tv yeah in front of millions of people and be constantly bullied by most of the time it's people who are behind a computer who are just as big as you are but don't have the cojones to get up and do something for themselves like bariatric surgery, which is what most of these shows are about. It takes mm-hmm. them from their journey through bariatric surgery. Uh, one of my favorites is the Thousand Pound Sisters, the Slayton Sisters. Hmm. Uh, I've recently rewatched that. So they're sisters. They, You can tell that they've been obese for most of their lives, and they're trying to change that. And the amount of bullshit they get from people is just extraordinary just um, that, and i don't know i don't know how you do it some days i really don't mm. um especially the the bigger girl uh, i want to say that's tammy is mm-hmm. the bigger bigger one and what people say to her on the internet uh what people say to her on her youtube channel it's just gross and I don't know how they keep trucking every day. Keep on trucking. Keep on pushing yourself. 
Yeah, there. I don't understand. That's there's really no call for that, and it sucks because my daughter gets looks. Yeah. I mean, like we have to eat. Our mm-hmm. bodies require food to function, and it amazes me at how many people look at like you're not even supposed. What are you doing? Even eating? Why are you even in a restaurant? <laughs> and it's like what the hell is wrong with you you know does your body need as much food as we put in it uh probably not i mean it depends i don't know to function Mm -hmm. properly or whatever but what's sad is many people that i know that are very overweight uh once you get to a certain uh point in obesity your metabolism is so slow they eat Mm -hmm. very little Mm -hmm. anyway and so it's, you know, I had a, a nutritionalist tell me that I actually dieted myself up to my weight and that how I was eating and not intermittent fasting, but I would, she'd say, how do you eat? Log your food. And basically, I'm not a morning eater. I don't like to eat in the morning. It's very hard for me to think, oh, gee, I need to grab something and eat. I have to have pre-made stuff or somebody has to be like let's go eat and then I'm like oh okay and then it takes me forever to figure out what I want because I'm just really not hungry but then I would come home after a full day and eat that one meal and she said it was like going me you know Gail build me a fire and the way that I would build a fire from my eating habits is I would cut down a tree pour gasoline on it and light it on fire and just have this huge metabolism mm-hmm. blaze that caused it to actually slow down. Whereas I should have started that fire early that morning and continued to stoke it all day to just keep it going, where it would be a slow, steady burn for your metabolism. And you can literally train your metabolism to shut down and eat too few of calories. But your fat cells in your body... They, if you starve them, they multiply mm-hmm. because you have stored up now from whatever eating habits you had. Your body is used to getting X, Y, Z calories. This is why programs like Weight Watchers, where they tell you you have to eat these points, whether you're hungry or not, you've got to eat these yeah, points through the they're day. They're doming you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, they are, but they're also it's triggered for that amount of calories and then you back them off the more weight you lose like if you're at a certain weight it says you got to eat so many points say i'm 220 pounds i have to eat 21 points a day in that what i can eat whatever i want just it's 21 points Mm -hmm. in the old program i don't know what the new programs are so whatever but in the old program and what it did is it it trains you hopefully to make better choices but you got the right amount of calories to boost your metabolism and then as you backed off your points with your weight loss if your activity level would gain you more points to eat so if you worked out you could spend that if you really had to have food you could have whatever you could save up your points and have something special if you're on your period and you want to have candy all day, you can literally eat that amount of calories and candy and still lose weight, but it can't be your everyday mm-hmm. diet. And so 
uh, it's training you supposedly to eat healthier, but also to get enough calories to trigger your metabolism to work proper for you. So then if you binge and purge or if you starve yourself, every time you starve yourself, unless you're going to go into actual starvation mode, your body is going to try to hold on to all that fat and produce more fat cells. So then it's like, what do you do? You know, I think you have to do you have to do your research for you and yes. know what works for you. Stuff like that would not work for me. Mm-hmm. I lost 137 pounds by cutting my meals in half, not eating as much portion mm-hmm. control. Yes. And then uh, eating at a certain time of the day and not eating past a certain time of the day. Um, I also had to incorporate water. That's been one of the mm-hmm. biggest things that I've had to do for myself. Yeah, water, is drink, drink nothing but water. I was huge Dr. Pepper fan. When I met my husband, huge Mountain Dew fan. And I thought Mountain Dew was just disgustingly gross. But drank a lot of sodas. Alcohol, too, mm-hmm. is one that will get you. So me creating the habit of drinking water was the hardest for me to do. Now it's easy. Yes. You see me all the time. I've got the same fucking water cup. But that's awesome. And I do. I love water a lot and drink water. I had quit. I used to drink sodas, quit completely drinking sodas. I did drink sugar-free Red Bull for years now, probably almost 20 years. Definitely... 25 years so on this thousand pound sister show they were brought up and they were told 15 not 25 (laughs) go ahead i I added more years (laughs) they were brought up their mother would tell them well you can eat anything you want but as long as you have something diet like a diet soda that'll cancel everything out now we know. We, so she heard we that know. as a joke and adopted no. that as a lifestyle practice. They heard that as children. Yeah, I'm not thinking, a joke. I'm thinking that the mom, it was a joke and she thought it was how it worked. You know, you can order a Big Mac as or long as you order a tab or a, a Diet joke Coke. Because That's somebody told her. That's what I'm saying. She probably, it was a joke that she probably heard and thought, well, yeah, okay. It'll yeah, just that cancel makes it. sense. Yeah. When it's been proven over and over again that diet drinks are much, much worse for you than the sugar ones. Yeah, the aspartame. I swear. The the withdrawal from Red Bull, my brain had, I, I thought it was dementia dust. I mean, I was having a hard time formulating sentences. And so, I mean, I had crazy brain. And I'm doing some hormone control which also is another thing if you lack progesterone you'll hold on to weight Mm -hmm. so and this is the thing medical care and being fat can we talk about that yeah that's a whole nother episode for a second absolutely the fact that i mean you know statistically and and the stigma of weight loss is that you know it it does uh lead to you know different health problems um physically it also leads to psychological health problems most 
People that are obese have a lot of issues with anxiety, a lot of issues with depression, a lot of mental health issues. And it isn't because you're fat. It's because of all of the other pressure as well. And chemical imbalances and in the brain. Yes, your hormones, and but also your... Uh, the stigma that comes with being fat, the bullying, the constant wondering about whatever. You have to think about when you are a certain weight, everything is more difficult. Whether it's having a seat on a bus, public transportation, whether it's finding clothing that fits well. I mean, people are much better about that. And, you know, America probably has bigger sizes and plus size fashion has become a thing that is you know there's a lot more stores it used to be like Catherine's stout shop that you could go shop Stout shop yeah that's there what was they call a, what it what was that other one well lane bryant well lane uh, bryant torrid is the is now it, there was rome romans yeah was a store and um then maybe they would have part of a department that was stuck with the petites you know because it's weird petite and plus size seem to be the same people i guess it's funny to me but you know uh all the department stores would have a plus size department but it was never anything fashionable it looked like grandma's clothes or whatever mm -hmm. and then when you're shopping places like torrid or lane bryant it's astronomical as far as the cost, even though it's made by the same company as Limited and, you know, uh, Express. Well, you know, they say those. why it's so much more because it's more material that you have to use. Right. And well, I believe that to a certain extent. Yes, but double the price? Yeah. I don't think so. But they know they're going to pay that. But it's, um, of course, decreased self esteem. You know, eating disorders because of the fact that you're trying all these fad diets or you're going to try to do whatever. Uh, my daddy is a big guy. He's definitely slimmed down since even when I first met him. But he was doing keto. All his young millennial friends are doing keto, keto, keto. And I'm like... That's the same thing as the Atkins diet. And I just remember, you know, the amount of protein you could process and how many people were having issues with their liver and with their pancreas and pancreatic cancer from like learn long term keto diet. And even the bodybuilding diets are considered keto like uh, my ex-husband would do. And uh, daddy has diabetes and it sent him into the very negative ketoacidosis where his body was literally eating itself his sugar was like around 400 it's amazing he didn't have a stroke and mm -hmm. stroke out you know and so dieting he actually hurt his body more than helped his body in dieting so you can harm yourself trying to become whatever beauty standard or ideal or you know and I, it's not going to go away either there's no. always going to be a new fad coming up yes um, a new diet there's always going to be they're always going to push for you because well, it sells it's a multi-billion yeah, yeah. dollar industry but it's egregious that when we go to see healthcare professionals and you're big everything's attributed to your weight and it's like hold up 
I've been fat for a really long time. But, you know, I have a serious pain in my ovary, you know, in in my right side. Or I ha- I'm having serious back pain. Yes, I realize. But I've been carrying around these two 50-pound bags for quite a long time. I'm really hurting. You know, this is different. It's it's a different pain. Well, it's like going to the doctor over 40. Any little yeah. thing you have, it's, oh, yeah, you're you just need to, old. Yeah, you need to lose 20 pounds. Lose and, weight yeah. and exercise and your yeah. whole life will be better. But I'm just telling you, I have this issue. Oh, it's probably sleep apnea. Well, maybe. But I'm also having this issue. Or, and it's like they almost negate that. Like, it's a fatty. I don't even want to treat them. You know? I had a problem with the little sleep apnea thing and uh, went to, I've, I've always had a problem with sleep. Mm-hmm. Mine is PTSD. It is not sleep apnea. So when I go to the, quote, sleep clinic, clinic, clinic? Yeah. yeah. When I go to the sleep clinic <laughs> and they test me for it, they're like, well, you don't have apnea, but... We want to sell you something anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We this want to is sell the you new this buzz thing. thing. If yeah. you're over 200 pounds, surely. Yeah. You don't have it now, but you might have it in the future. Let's go ahead and get you a machine. And when I said, I really don't think that my sleep thing is attributed to that. Is this the only thing that you guys do here? Um, and I was told, basically, you just need to go see a psychiatrist if that's the problem. Oh, yeah. That's something that I can't fix. Well, wait, is this called a sleep clinic or what? (laughs) Right? (laughs) No. If we can't give you a CPAP, what do you need? You don't need that. Yeah. I just, I think it sucks because a lot of people that are overweight won't go get health care. Or can't afford it. Yeah. A lot of people have great insurance and won't go see the doctor. That you know who I'm talking to specifically. I know you're listening. <laughs> you're looking at me because I am one of those people. <laughs> well, fine. I have really good health care, but I don't go. I have good health care now. You did go for your birthday. You went go. and got your checkups and all of that. I, I was I very proud of you. And you don't really need to go. You, you found out everything was okay with you. Yeah, the fear of what you're going to find out or that you're going to be told. So I am like, here's my mom advice. This is where you need your big girl energy and you need your defiance and you need to go in there and just be like, yes, I realize I'm fat, but these are the issues I'm having. And I'd like for you to check my hormones. I'd like for you to check my blood. I'd like for you to check blah, blah, blah. And, you know, schedule me an appointment with your gyno and whatever. But this is what I need you to do because you're hiring them. All right. I've lived enough of my life. I've known a lot of people. And I've held just as many doctors heads while they've puked into the trash can. As I have your teachers, as I have my friends that might be burlesque dancers or comedians, all right? The person that graduated last in medical school is still called doctor. You can shop for them. You are allowed in America still, especially if you have insurance. Write your notes. Write it down. Don't be afraid. 
speak up for yourself because it may not be work for you. Exactly. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Yes, they've had a lot of school. They've been, you know, they are smart, but they don't know everything. And they definitely don't know how to read your mind. And they're going to say, if you don't speak up, the reason you feel bad is because you're heavy. Because that's what they see on the outside. Mm -hmm. So make sure that they poke around enough that they can see what's going on on the inside. Because you may find out that your hormone levels have been causing you to hold on to weight for a really long time. You may find out that you've been doing these things, X, Y, Z things. You may find that you can get a, your gym membership written off on, you know, or paid for to go to change a lifestyle. Yeah, there are a lot of employers now where they will, they're more focusing on, they don't like paying the high cost of health insurance, of health insurance mm-hmm. but they will be willing to fork out some money for you to have a gym membership or for you to have a health access uh, assessment. Yes. I know that we have that through our insurance company where I can go every year, have a health assessment and you know, your premiums yeah. might be lower. Yeah. There there are a lot of things to changing your lifestyle. But mostly if you go in there and you realize that you're their boss, you might be able to open up and start a rapport so regardless to if you ever lose a pound, you don't feel like you're not good enough to go to the damn doctor when you're sick. Do you think that or people that don't do that, though, because they, there is fat shaming yes at the doctor i think that's what they hear they gotta they get on the scale so regardless to where you were in the denial part of your life but for some people does fat shaming work i think that it just sometimes it gets in just more of a cycle of self-esteem failure if you are if this is a failure because it's very difficult when you are a certain amount of weight to see success and it is a long-term game it's a long-term situation i know i'm struggling with it right now just getting up and going to the gym lifestyle change is what you need for your what your life is however you've got to know that whatever your size should be relative i'm not saying you know i mean if you're 350 pounds and you lose you know 200 of that weight you know if you're 350 pounds overweight and you lose 200 of that Mm -hmm. you're going to feel exponentially better even if you're not down to the desired weight or whatever and you never hit that mark your life you've just sat released 200 pound bags yeah but there would be people that say to themselves i didn't i didn't achieve that particular goal that i wanted to even though i lost 200 pounds and i feel awesome people will still think like i didn't hit that goal therefore i'm a failure that's yeah that's sad you gotta see you can't you keep your eye on the prize but you have to look at your journey throughout there and how much better you feel and that look how far you've come from what you've attained i know a lot of people that have lost weight that still see their self big 
Bing, bing, bing. Why are you talking about me? You know, well, it's, it's right here. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of. I mean, where they lose weight to, you know, a significant. They've lost a significant amount. My daughter's friend was up into like I think she was wearing eighteen. 20s and she became vegan like two years ago so it's been over two years so uh, she hasn't done anything except changed her vegan lifestyle and um, she's kind of melted away because she's making healthier choices she's not eating a lot of meat at first it was she didn't lose a lot because you know a lot of junk is vegan mm-hmm. you know there's a whole lot of junk that is very vegan but when she was like hey i don't feel good i you know i thought as a vegan lifestyle i'm supposed to feel good we should have her on the show and then she started eating making food choices that were nutritious good fuel for her body and um uh but you got to be careful of the balance because she started losing her hair she had some adverse effects that happen and sometimes when you're losing weight and you lose massive amounts of weight uh, through things like hanging skin or whatever, I actually felt more comfortable in my body a little bit thicker than when I had lost so much weight and I had more hangy skin, which is weird because even though I was thinner, I didn't like how my body looked as much as I liked how it looked fuller and more voluptuous when mm-hmm. I lost weight. So that was a it's weird thing, too. It's an interesting point that you brought up because I've seen so many cases of um, people being fat because that's their protection. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's your shell. Mm-hmm. It's your comfort zone, which people will say comfort zones are dangerous to be in. But, like, there are some people, it's their whole aesthetic. You know, there I've had people ask me before when I've lost weight. Well, do you think you're still funny? Like you have to be fat in order to be funny. Guess as a female, we're not funny anyway. But so that's true. So I'm like, well, I, I would like to think my sense of humor doesn't really have anything to do with my aesthetic, you know. So and then the opposite of that is uh, there are people who and you know sometimes the truth has bad breath but if you're going to constantly talk about how fat and ugly you are and you refuse to take any steps to change it it's one thing if you love yourself and you're big if you love yourself and you're big go for that I'm not saying change who you are or whatever. Um, I think that you know when your body starts rebelling on you, you might want to do something different whenever you hit your disgust moment, if you ever have one. Some people may be like, you know what? I'm a size 16. I look good. I'm going to wear these 16 clothes. I might weigh this much. I don't care. I look good how I am. I like where I'm at. They don't really gain weight. They don't really lose weight. They're just this consistently this size person, and they're great. That is great. There's nothing at all wrong with that. If you're happy and you're healthy and your life is good and you're not hindered by any of this. But if you're constantly talking about how 
you don't have this opportunity because of your weight or you're a piece of crap because of your weight or you're worthless and everything is because of your weight. Everything Mm -hmm. is I'm ugly because I'm fat. Knowing that you're a beautiful person, you got tons of people constantly telling you how great you are and I get it that it's not in your brain. But if you are not willing to make those slow consistent changes I don't some of us are tired of hearing about it like we get it but we don't see you this way and then what do you do with that what if they're really reaching out for help because they're really suicidal but some of us also have things going on in our lives and people who have serious for real problems and just because things don't go your way one day how you know why is it like all your weight when it's something you can at least try to control. Maybe they haven't had the that person, and I'll bring this back to the parents, who was not supportive of them or was way too supportive and fed them too much. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if that's an attention grab if it's a real thing, I know. See, I always say the things that always make everybody, oh, ah. but I do that almost because it's like, is it? Are you really? I mean, especially if I'm the same size as this person, you know what I mean? And then they're going on and on to me, who is fat, about how ugly and gross and worthless. And so when they're saying all this, I'm like, you're, you're thinking am that, I yeah. supposed to be yeah. ugly, gross and worthless and not fuckable and disgusting? And because I don't think that I am, you know? And so how, how is this you when you have like on paper tons more mm-hmm. than I have? Like, tons more of things that you should be excited about where they're successful people financially yeah they have tons of accomplishments they're very smart they're very pretty it's not like they're not pretty they're interesting they do a lot of things their weight is their whole personality is everything about them but it's negative yeah that's the problem it again if it was positive which I guess comes back to what we said in the beginning with the mean girl, with the blubber, the fat mean girl, you know? Like my uh, friends that are real slim that are sitting around talking about that they're ugly or whatever, we do the same thing. Hey girl, you know, you're beautiful. Why would you say that you're gross? You're not gross, you're great, whatever. And then we have the same thing, but it's like, if it's because you're, big what formula or how what can you do to love yourself enough or is it going to have to be you were only going to ever love yourself because you're big i think we need a part two if you're skinny maybe yeah i think we need a part two for this because we haven't even i wanted to touch on let's take celebrities who got to where they were by being Overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take Rebel Wilson for example. You yes. know who that is. Yes, I know yes. exactly. Because I told yes. my daughter that when she came on the scene, because my daughter wanted to be an actress, mm-hmm. and I was like, 
I told her, go for it, because your size, who you are, you have a better chance of getting jobs in Hollywood than the super thin, supposed to be so beautiful girls from your hometown because you're different yeah how many ingenues go ahead though but she's lost weight so rebel wilson who came to fame as being the hot fat girl honestly who did not give a shit what anybody thought right she took control of her health and she lost weight and she looks fucking amazing is she a stick no but the amount of women i'm not even talking about the men the amount of women that come at her and like Oh, now you're totally changed and you're not the same person anymore. Did they not watch her journey at all the year of 2020 when she said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that there's a pandemic when I've made 2020 my year of health. She said in 2019, I'm making 2020 my year of health starting in January. She had started talking on her Instagram and everything. I'm in the gym working out and they had her doing like the rope CrossFit things. And she was like, it's really hard. She was big then. They showed her each little step of the way. So now she's been putting a year into this, a solid freaking year. It didn't happen overnight, but because they've unveiled her and she's you're seeing Mm -hmm. a year's worth of work at the difference in her body and now they want to shame her yeah. for getting healthy? Lizzo's the same way. Lizzo came to fame. She started losing some weight. People came after her. Lizzo's so, doing concerts, playing yeah. the freaking flute, running around, getting sold out. What do you think's going to happen? The same thing that happened when you went to work so, and started running around. Here's the question. These people, when they started... In the business, in show business, Mm -hmm. they may have been a certain weight. Yes. Now, they're more known. They have money. They have money to eat better. They have money to have a personal trainer. To have a gym membership. To have that boss-ass gym membership. Um, They have the money now. To well, they achieve have a those things gym in that their they home wanted to do. And a personal cook, if they want a yeah. personal chef or a meal uh, supply that comes to your door, a Nutrisystem or a Jenny Craig or any of that, it costs money. <laughs> it costs money to lose weight and look good. It does, unless you starve. That, or poverty. Yeah. Poverty yeah. is another one. That does help. I yeah. did see my son. My son... <laughs> There was a time when, you know, it was like you have to leave the nest. And he he just recently got engaged. And before I would even can I was like, okay, before you can even consider even having a good conscience to ask this girl, if you could marry her, you have to live on your own Mm -hmm. and pay all your bills for at least a year without any major help from anyone in the family, at least pay the bare minimum of your living expenses before you ask someone to be your wife i mean you know it's great to grow together and make things together and all that but you need to be self-sufficient so he did that on his own he came to see me and i was like oh baby you look so thin well you know you've lost so much weight and he was i was like well what's your secret or whatever and he just looked at me and he goes poverty (laughs) You're like, that'll do it. 
was like, yeah, it's tough. And he's a good cook. And I know he knows how to cook on a budget. So, you know, it's, but it's hilarious. And he well, was joking. He was like, no, I'm doing all right. He works at a gym. I think we should do part two next week and get a little more into the kink of it. Yeah. To um, the fetishes of it. Yes. And then even some of the things like uh, how people feel where they fat shame and fetishes as well. Mm -hmm. There's some fetishes there. We didn't even talk about um, dominance, like portion control Mm -hmm. and how that works out. So yeah, look for, look for the fatness part two. Yeah. Next week. (laughs) That'll work. It's, it's really something on the forefront of our minds. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, you know, definitely been making lifestyle changes, not dieting. So, and, but I think that it's interesting, but we would love to hear from you and your journey into fatness or even your journey into, um, skinniness. That's the thing too. I mean, body dysmorphia is a thing for everyone. My best days have always been, I've always had either a, I mean, along with, I've always had a group of besties, never just one, but always in the group, one lanky beanpole person and we have always had the same issues with clothes mm-hmm. like you know they have issues with getting clothes in the department that either they're too tall and the legs don't fit or yeah. they fall off the hips or there's never a bra that fits them properly or whatever and then same thing just like my petite friends it's in the plus side section. It's just it's just wild at how we all have the same issues with clothes and we, you know, and body dysmorphia and how they get teased. Like your daughters, I'm sure, being super thin, get teased. Hey, string bean, what do you ever eat? Are you anorexic? Like who who was that um, model that they were always like? Uh, I mean, most of them probably were. But um, Twiggy? no. Or maybe it was a was it Kira Knightley that they always accuse of being she's an actress, but that they're talking about her being anorexic all the time and she's know. just we'll like naturally thin. But there are people who are naturally thin and they go, Oh my gosh, you're anorexic. And then you can tell when people, you know, are way too thin for their bodies as well when they look like they have a bobblehead. But then there might be people that are just shaped like they have a bobblehead. So I don't know. I'm not very judgy about it. Well, we want to hear your story. <laughs> Please send us an email at gabandgirltime at gmail.com. Yes, contact us on uh, Twitter at, uh, or not Twitter, I'm sorry. We do We're, have a Twitter. We do, but mm, don't even go there. Why Why would we? Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at gabandgailtime and uh, Facebook. Give us a like. And when you listen to the podcast, subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, we want a new we, experiment. Yeah. We haven't been telling you to subscribe to the podcast, but subscribe <laughs> and we'll see what's up. So, subscribe and maybe even share yeah. if you like it. Tell your friends. S- subscribe and share and like our Facebook because apparently that's important too, to like our Facebook. Mm. Facebook's not important right now. Thank you, guys. Uh, we're going to go make some TikToks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so follow us on TikTok at uh, Gavin Gale Time and Bruce Tonsils. We're kind of funny. She's funny. You're funny. 
I'm just not very TikTok-y. I don't know. I'm just blah. Blah. <laughs> come see me. You have to actually come pay a ticket. Get a ticket. If you want to see what's behind this curtain. <laughs> Happy Fat Tuesday, y'all. Yeah. And we thank you so much for listening to Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Gavin Girl Time. Boom. Bing. I gotta pee. Mm-hmm.